2: Good morning to you. It's Channel Africa. You're listening to African Dialogue. It's 1100 hours Central African time. Listen to us on the DSTV Audio Bouquet on Channel 802 or you can live stream us on our website www.channelafrica.co.za my name is Ayandam Kwanazi, and together with Dumelo Zulu, we'll be taking you through the next hour of African Dialogue coming up after the news we're going to zoom into Zambia this morning where elections are expected to be held on the 12th of August um, and uh, we've seen President Edgar Lungu cancelling all campaigning ahead of elections. What does this mean? Are there implications for this? Are we seeing the shrinking of democracy? Are we seeing... um? Limitations as well on the media perspective, how far the media can go in reporting when um, elections are coming up and also to assess Edgar Lungu's uh, tenor as uh, president of Zambia. What has he been, what has he achieved, what has he managed to get right, what still needs to be done in, in Zambia to make sure that it becomes a prosperous country in the region? We'll do that. Change Your Game is a weekly entrepreneurial program that targets entrepreneurs,
0: especially youth on the African continent. Last year, Google named me as one of the brightest young minds in the world. The program seeks to portray various opportunities and options that are available for entrepreneurs. I came up with the way for the world not to bother. It focuses and highlights real issues concerning entrepreneurship. There are so many people whose potential is still untapped. At Change Your Game, we believe entrepreneurs are the key drivers of tomorrow's African innovations and essential to creating a thriving African economy. Channel Africa, the African
2: Welcome back to African Dialogue. Well, today we're looking at Zambia, where Zambia's main opposition party criticised what it called an effective ban on campaign rallies before elections in August after President Edgar Lungu warned that such gatherings could accelerate the spread of the coronavirus. Lungu on Wednesday ordered police to ensure health guidelines are followed and said opposition parties should avoid public gatherings so that Zambia avoids a situation like in India where political rallies accelerated the spread of the pandemic. Now to help us with the discussion, we're joined on the line by Dr. William Mbof, who is a political analyst. Also we have Professor Sitwala Emenda, who's an academic, and Advocate Sipo Mandula, a researcher at the Tabombeki African School of Public and International Affairs. Good morning to you, gentlemen, and thank you for giving us your time.
3: Good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning, my sister Jambo Africa.
2: Dr. Mpofu, let me start with you. Uh, so far, what do you make of Zambia's president, uh, Edgar Lungu, cancelling the election campaign rallies?
1: Yeah, it's a
4: um, developing trend. And um, one that is surprising, but not actually surprising. Uh, because when the um, coronavirus uh, pandemic unfolded at a world scale. Some of the world's leading philosophers like um, uh, Giorgio Agambeni observed that uh, the tyrannies of the world are going to take advantage of the lockdown regulations to entrench a uh, tyranny. So you have the pandemic of tyranny uh, taking advantage of the pandemic of COVID nineteen to entrench itself and uh, Zambia is only rehearsing what we have seen taking place in Zimbabwe and other um, uh, African countries where tyrants take advantage of the pandemic to entrench uh, their tyrannical structures and systems of power. And one can only observe how unfortunate that is uh, in a promising country like um, uh, Zambia.
2: Is the COVID-19 an excusable reason to cancel rallies, though? I mean, we're just a few months before those elections in August.
4: It creates an existential and a political dilemma in that, on the outside, it looks like here is a caring government and a caring president protecting the citizenry from a a ravaging pandemic. But we know only full well from experience and observation that... um, what is being done is to prevent the political opposition mobilizing campaigning and uh, taking their message to the to the zambian so there is a political and a philosophical dilemma at the same time in that we do understand why a, a leader would want to protect the citizens from the pandemic but we know only too well when opportunistically the same leader is using the pandemic as an excuse to prevent the political opposition from existing and functioning.
2: Professor Sitwala, how does this um, situation, what, what kind of implications does a situation like this have, cancelling of campaign rallies? Uh, what does it do to the political climate in Zambia?
1: Well, um, thank you very much. The, the issues here um uh, uh, and twofold. Um, the first one is whether or not the president is the right person to make the call, uh, and, and the second one deals with the, the actual implications of you know what what then should happen for political parties to canvass support in an environment where they cannot do the traditional. Uh, Campaign rallies. Now, on the first part, there's a very thin line as to really what belongs to the president and what belongs to the Electoral Commission of Zambia in terms of jurisdiction. My personal view is that anything to do with the conduct of elections um either along the way or at the point of 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 of, uh, elections should be left in the hands of the electoral commission the electoral commission should have mechanisms to gauge what is happening in the country in terms of health in terms of security in terms of all things that could have an influence on the elections and then make a call so a call like this one in my view does not belong to one of the candidates in the mix, because in so far as the elections are concerned uh, President longo will just become one of the candidates so i don't think he must be the one that regulates what must happen in terms of campaign rallies and 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 all those things attendant to to the, to the election now the second part is that mm-hmm. uh, which also have some uh, some link to the first one is that because of the hierarchical manner of authority that we find in most political systems in uh, in uh, Africa, uh, including uh, Zambia, is that the the president assumes this. Uh, a uh, heavy-handed position of being called the commander-in-chief. So when the president makes a decree, a declaration of this kind, all the security forces take that as an injunction, as I usually here, here, here in South Africa. It's like, you know, you must do it. As you know, in terms of that language, that militaristic language, uh, you do not question what the Commander-in-Chief has decreed. So then, what you find on the ground is an application of that order or decree, which tends to be, to, to to manifest in intimidation, in humiliation, and so forth on the fire on the part of particularly opposition uh, parties. So. If this decree, if this decision is taken by the Electoral Commission of Zambia. It comes in as a neutral uh, directive to the country, and letting them giving them the full reasons why why decision has been taken, and then people will will engage with, with it in a different way. But when it comes from the head of state who carries all this, uh, this paraphernalia of authority, then it is implemented differently. So those are the two issues that I see here. And connected with that is, is, is the issue of uh, whether the, the, the political party in power will actually carry out uh, campaign rallies itself. And then because it's the head of state that made the decree, there's no force in the country that can prevent them from doing so. And we have already see, started seeing this in Zambia, where those in power are going around having political rallies, but only those that are in opposition are being prevented from being so.
2: Thank you. You bring a very uh, important point to the discussion, Professor Emend. and I'd like to take it to you, Advocate Mandula, is that... he? Uh, President Edgar Lungu is a sitting president, but also is um, campaigning for the elections himself. He wants to be re-elected. Is he the right person to be making this pronouncement? Is there uh, a sitting elect- uh, electoral commission in Zambia at the moment?
3: No, correct, yeah. and, and I think what uh, my colleagues have alluded in their uh Introduction There are some patterns that are happening in the elections in the African continent, considering with or without this health pandemic. Africa last year had more than 15 elections. Early this year, we had an election in Uganda, and the issues of campaigns as well came out very clear that they were an obstacle to the uh, opposition. Going to your answer, it is that uh, the, the the chairperson of the Electoral Commission of Zambia, Justice Sao Tulu, he has already assigned what we call a technical committee to look at COVID-19 for this elections. And by law, he has to work with what we will call a political party liaison committee, meaning the party of President Lungu will be sitting in that committee. There will be no need for him, as the proper saying, to be the one calling that instruction of gaining the uh, of political rallies on the basis of saying that covid19 it is a super spreader and you will understand that the dynamics of the 2016 elections it is that once you are left with 60 days political temperature goes up um, intolerance goes up the role of the security forces they become biased to the state and i think like prof was saying it is the commission that has to be giving us
1: directives.
3: It, it has to be the commission under justice to, to be giving us indications even on the methodology of how political parties will access the voters, including the role of the media, including the role of even security. But as you know that um, there are tensions coming up as well. That it seems that the ruling party is uh, trying by all means to can uh, silence the voice of the uh, opposition. And I think the best practice that we saw earlier this year from Uganda, was between Yoweri Museveni and Bobi Wine, there was always tension, contestation around these issues. And I think that's where we should be closely looking at. Uh, Zambia, but as, you, uh, as I wind up, you, you'll be aware that SADC and AU normally have the fact finding missions or what you call electoral advisory committees that goes to the member states, assess conditions of these elections. And I think that's where President uh, Lungu should comply, subscribe to the regional observer missions, and as well as to his own electoral commission in Zambia.
2: When you look at the situation um, right now, Dr. Mpofu, do you think that, as we're leading up to the elections in Zambia, is there a conducive environment for for free and fair elections?
4: Yeah, I think already uh, what we can uh, fairly observe uh, is a a climate of uh, prohibition, uh, a framework of uh, unfairness in terms of um, the imbalance that the professor referred to, that the incumbents uh, are not adhering to the same pronouncements that they are enforcing on the contesting uh, opposition political parties. They are not living up to the same prescriptions that uh, uh, President Lungu uh, has given. And it's a growing... uh, tragic trend in African politics where uh, incumbents, uh, even if they are just candidates like any other candidates, like what the professor was saying, take advantage of that incumbency to deploy uh, public resources, national resources, and the sheer privilege of their incumbents to create a tilted electoral and political landscape that systematically and structurally uh, disadvantages uh, the political opposition and in that way takes away the credibility, legitimacy, fairness and acceptability of the electoral process itself and the results that uh, will emerge from there. So already we can see and observe in Zambia uh, Electoral and political landscape that is tilted against the opposition and uh, sets the ground for what might be a disputed, uh, controversial and unacceptable um, electoral process and outcome.
2: Do you think, uh, Professor Sitwala, that at the moment media freedom is is under threat? I mean, as um, Advocate Mandula mentioned, that we've seen um, these kind of antics happening in other countries where elections were also held. And, you know, normally when there are elections and also media freedom um, is put on the spotlight. Do, Do you think at this point in Zambia that could be the case?
1: Well... It's not only at this point; it has been like that for quite a while. Um, even in all the pro- the previous uh, uh, elections, you 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 will not find that you see that the state the state media state does not mean the political party media. State is supposed to cover just like the FABC... Yeah. They give time to opposition parties to say their say, because their mandate is a public mandate to all the citizens of the country. You don't find that in Zambia at any point. The state media there have been, uh, uh, since a long time ago, since Kaunda's time, they have been made to believe that they should only publicize what the people in power want the people to hear. And they always block they never give any opportunity for anybody in the opposition to to, to be current on the on the public be it print or audio, television and so forth. So most political parties then in opposition tend to rely on private media and private advertisements of their messages. But then, the private media also are always under attack. If they are seen to be saying things that uh, the opposition, to be carrying the opposition's voice, they are closed down. So there has never been free media in Zambia in the sense of political parties having an equal access and also the, the, the media themselves wanting to publicize what every other party's message is. So you are, you are not in the, in the public media. You are under scrutiny when you go to, to the private media. It's always a problem. You have to create your own channel to communicate with the people. So in terms of, of uh, public rallies, that uh, is more obvious. People can actually see where where the majority of the people are going when the rallies are held. Now when when they are not being held like now, and then you 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 rely on other forms of media, including social media. It's not as overt. It's 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 it's, it's not easy to see that uh, this is what the majority of the people are following. So that is probably part of, part of the psychology why the, the incumbency does not want, you know, these public rallies, as we have seen in in Zimbabwe and Uganda and even Kenya. So, it, it is a problem that has never been a, a free media in the sense of, you know, you have the, the right to publicize messages that come from everywhere. So that is a real problem I am.
2: Mm. Okay, let's pause it there, gentlemen. When we come back from the break, I'd like us to look at um, President Edgar Lungu's tenor, uh, his term, how would we characterize his term And coming to these elections again, he's up against the United Party for National Development's Hakainde Hichelema. Does he stand a chance? I mean, is Zambia looking for a change right now uh, in their country? And, um, you know, probably with all of the the, the cutting down on or limiting of media freedom, the limiting of campaigning for opposition parties and this does not dwell well for the democracy of Zambia. So we want to look at those two gentlemen uh, and and in terms of um, the strengths and what can uh, we learn, what can we take from Edgar Lungu's tenor in the past five years. Have you ever asked yourself what on earth am I here for? When
0: God placed his image in us he placed a sense of eternity within us.
2: What is my purpose in life?
0: I was made for greatness. I just don't know
4: what it is yet, but I was made for greatness.
2: Life by Design explores the journey of people from around the continent who live a life of purpose. They share their experience on how they discovered what they were meant to do. Join me, Amanda Machaga, every Monday at 8.05 Central African Time for your weekly dose of Monday motivation only on Channel Africa, the African perspective.
4: Life by Design, be the update of your life.
0: Your Game is a weekly entrepreneurial program that targets entrepreneurs, especially youth, on the African continent. Last year, Google named me as one of the brightest young minds in the world. The program seeks to portray various opportunities and options that are available for entrepreneurs. I came up with the way for the world not to part. It focuses and highlights real issues concerning entrepreneurship. There are so many people whose potential is still untapped. At change your game, we believe entrepreneurs are the key drivers of tomorrow 's African innovations and essential to creating a thriving African economy. southern africa the african
2: you're still listening to african dialogue it 's twenty seven minutes after eleven central african time and we're looking at Zambia today where the, uh, Zambia has cancelled campaigning ahead of its elections. In August, we're on the line to Dr. William Mpofu. He's a political analyst. We're also speaking to Professor Setwala Emenda. He's an academic and advocate Sipo Mandula from the Tabumbeki African School of Public and International Affairs. Advocate Mandula, let's pick up from where President Edgar Lungu stands right now. He's pitted against uh, Hakainde Hichilema of the United Party for National Development. Same person that he was up against in, mm-hmm. uh, in previously in 2016. Is this a problematic um, contest?
3: Definitely, I understand. But at the same time, this is what Prof Eli was talking about: multi-party democracy, allowing other candidates who can engage. But let's look at Lungu's character coming from defence, coming from military. That he was actually not a that political figure that can be the one standing for the. People of uh, Zambia, as you are aware, that Zambia has lost many presidents at some point. Um, and one thing that people might look into, they might say, but building of infrastructure, but he has put Zambia into a serious debt with the Chinese. And that's where they shall say that if you have to look at his even success, you, one can see it if there was change in that country in terms of uh, infrastructure, in terms of youth, even the issues of the economy, because I think that's where we have seen how in the Sadek region, most of our member states, they've been relying on the Asian bloc, as well as on the uh, Francophone bloc now with the France coming into the uh, region. So if one has to assess uh, at Galungu, it is that the challenge here yes, is to have, there are almost 14 candidates, uh, so this challenge should not be about the two people. Because I think in uh, Africa, we are still suffering from this point that we think these are uh, elections. But in some instance, they, they now become selections of friends and a group of elites. So you don't have that power of vote coming from the people. In some instances, those elections become questionable even post-presidential uh, elections.
2: What do you think, uh, Professor uh, Dr. Mpofu, I'm, I beg your pardon, how, how would you uh, characterize um, President Lungu's uh, term?
4: Um, as indicated by developments in the country, there have been court challenges and political challenges um, concerning uh, his eligibility and uh, his right to run uh, for what looks Uh, on the ground like a a third term um and the courts they have sort of cleared him that the first term that he served was not actually a full term and he can uh, proceed to contest um that on its own that political and legal contestation uh indicates uh the presence of a common uh what is now a common African political and uh, ethical problem of countries that have got constitutions but do not have constitutionalism as a political culture, political tradition, and political practice. And that punctuates uh, the political landscapes in many uh, African countries. And um, as the advocate has been saying now, The political legacy of um, uh, uh, Mr. Lungu itself is littered with uh, problems. Uh, Things that look like the recolonization of Zambia, uh, the invasion of Zambia by uh, some powerful foreign uh, interests uh, bedeviling by a debt. And the general underdevelopment and impoverishment of the common uh, bread eaters and water drinkers of Zambia, that is the ordinary people. So Lungu is coming with that legacy that is troubled, that is troubling, and that is problematic with nothing really political to recommend him to the people for another chance uh, to be elected. But we know what happens when incumbents are in power. They use everything in their... Rich to prevent possibilities of positive political change and all that. It has happened in Zimbabwe, it has happened in Uganda and it continues to happen in other countries and clearly it's going to happen like that in Zambia as well.
2: Mm. Professor Sitwala, for the benefit of our listeners, what do we know about Hakainde Hichelema? Well, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's Perhaps I should start with your original question of the the legacy that uh, we we see. Mm. Um, the, the the most glaring one, I think, is the shrinking of the political space. There's a lot of militarization of the police and so forth against against uh, citizens. To the point where there's so much fear now, people are afraid to even attend political political rallies. Because even political rallies, if they were to be to be held, those that were held previously, even those that were sanctioned to take place, the police would always be hovering there and chasing people away. So there's a there's a there's a, a, a spirit now of fear that uh, you know the really the sovereignty issue is a problem. The second the second thing is. Corruption, everyone sings about it there. It has become so endemic that there's nothing that you can do in the, in the normal way of things without bribing somebody. The, the, third, the third issue is uh, originalism and tribalism. Mm-hmm. If you look at the cabinet and say who is in the cabinet, and you look at the map of somebody, you see where most of the people are coming from. Who is heading state organs? you will see that most of them come from either the eastern part or the northern part. Mm -hmm. Who who is the ambassador? Uh, who Who is representing Zambia? List them. You will see that they all come from one side of the country. And this has made the other people feel excluded. And this is a huge issue on the ground, because it is no longer something you whisper about. Because you actually live through knowing that if I come from this part of the country, I cannot aspire to be appointed anything. So that that is really, look at the legacy, it's it's an appalling one. Regionalism, tribalism, corruption, those are right. The shrinking political space is right. The borrowing that uh, has now made Zambia one of the exemplars of what you must not do when you are in power as a country. Mm. Foreign debt, domestic debt, those things are drowning the country. So uh, some of the assets are tied up with this borrowing. And it's not very clear who now controls some of those assets. We are talking about critical strategic assets of the country. So there's really, I'm not quite sure what they meant to achieve when they went into power. But it looks like the country has lost everything during this period of time. So the, 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 the legacy is quite bad. Now, it's difficult for me to start talking about other leader. After my own political party was refused registration. Because now I have to talk about the other things instead of talking about myself. Go ahead. So the, the contest mm. at the moment appears to be between the PF um, and UPNB. But the PF, I don't know what they stand for. UPNB, I have an idea that the change that people are going to see is in terms of infrastructure development, in terms of economic development, because so those are the things that. Characterize the UPND. the gap that is there that we saw when we came together to put together our own party was the issue of sovereignty there's no country there's no party in the country that focuses on, on this polit- shrinking political space and how you must guarantee that it never happens again in terms of human rights social justice And you know, also roping in in, in indigenous knowledge systems, we we had our own ways of democracy before this democracy was thrust upon us. We are now struggling to live by. So definitely, this is now the time to say, if not democracy, so what? Because we are cornered into this democracy space. And we are fumbling, we are failing, it's always being manipulated, and countries are not moving forward. So, this political party that we are putting together was going to look at the spaces that the other political parties are not looking at. So, that is how I would probably answer your question. Rather than focusing too much on one leader, Mm. but I think at least I've covered them, I know that there's going to be, to be positive change.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: that even this whole uh, skewing of who is mm-hmm. a leader in Zambia, where the leaders appear at the moment to only be coming from one side of the country, mm-hmm. that is probably also going to start to be corrected if there's a change. Definitely, going forward with PF is a disaster for the country.
2: Mm-hmm. Perhaps Advocate you can speak a bit about that. Uh, Professor Sitwala highlighting that he's trying to register his own political party. It didn't, you know, it didn't uh, go as planned. And, you know, because of the shrinking of, of the political space and, you know, how do we prepare or encourage these conducive environments for opposition parties to also have a fair chance when we when we need change? We need to see change in some of these countries. You know,
3: I understand there's a colleague there at the University of Zambia, uh, Brian O'Kaba. Brian O'Kaba. Um, he has raised an important aspect about the declining of uh, democratization and uh, democracy in Zambia. And he went on to look at a, what they call varieties of democracy, which is dim the And Zambia was ranked almost 111 out of 179. Mm. with its counterpart Zimbabwe sitting at 134. Now you will understand that even dynamics of registering of even political parties here in South Africa, it is also the challenge. There are issues of money, and beyond the money again, it now becomes the kicking box about this electoral democracy. I think it is time that we need to refine redefine the opening of political space. And that's why it is very critical when we have to do paralysis of analysis of political parties contesting e- e- elections, that we have to probe that what is their uh, national interest, what is their national or common uh, point of reference, what is it that they will do for the, for the state and f- for the nation. Before they can even think of the state of the nation, they must think of the nation first. But they are looking at the state resources. They are not looking at the human resources first. They are looking at looting and amassing. And I think that's where, if you look at the opposition uh, uh, party and leader who has been trying to contest, he has gone almost how many times? Five times. It the same like what General muhammad Buhari went through in, uh, in West Africa, uh, in Lagos. And again, that's where the pattern of opening the space, I think, is something that Zambia has been grappling with in terms of that uh, political freedom, political uh, expression has been muted. And that's where even you find the silence of Sadek, even when Zambia was at the front line level of Sadek, but you still find subject that is silent, you find the AU as well, not allowing the charter. You remember, Ayan, that there was a charter on election, democracy, and governance. Mm. This charter uh, encourages that there must be active political participation. But what we see is the opposite. We see the mitigation of violence against political parties. We see insults being thrown in. And we... Tend to even abort what we can call political rights as a conditional right that every man, every woman in that country is eligible to can participate in those elections, stand in to can campaign and be elected into power without political credentials of having been into exile or not. And I think that's where I will pause it there, understand, But the main issue is to look around those areas that we know that the elections in the African continent they need really to be rebooted.
2: Mm. What are your uh, closing sentiments, uh, Dr. Mpofo, especially looking at uh, what both Professor Sidwala and Advocate Mandula have said in terms of having a fair contestation, um, encouraging political participation, but also one is, you know, tempted to say, is this a predictable election?
4: Yeah, I think from uh, both what uh, the advocate and the professor have told us, we can see the picture clearly of a, a, a continent, not just a, a nation state of Zambia, that is struggling with what we can call uh, coloniality. Colonial problems, colonial experiences, and colonial conditions that manifest in ethnicity, in tribalism, in an even political playing ground, in discrimination of other people because of their political and um, Identity positionalities, impoverishment of the masses, all those are problems that are colonial in nature. And only tragically that this kind of colonialism is being practiced by natives of Africa that are maintaining structures, systems, uh, political relations and economic relations and conditions that are colonial against the people of Africa. And as the advocate is magnifying and amplifying here,
3: there is need
4: for African multilateral institutions like uh, SADC and AU to relook at uh, African uh, polities and African economies in a manner that will be liberatory and in a manner that will be uh, aiming at decolonizing these polities and economies in the interests of um, the ordinary African people. Something is not going right and something is not going in the right direction. And it's not only from our uh, look at Zambia, but look at Zimbabwe, look at Uganda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrants are gaining more and more confidence. And uh, multilateral institutions and organizations that should protect Africans are growing weaker and weaker and weaker. And that is troubling. Something must be done.
2: Mm. Well, we'll definitely keep a close eye on developments in Zambia. Thank you. That's the voice of Dr. William Mbofu. He's a political analyst. Thank you to Professor Setwala Emenda. He's an academic and uh, also advocate Sipo Mandula from the Tabombeki African School of Public and International Affairs. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for giving us your thoughts. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
2: That's it from the team. Thank you to Wiseman Manglaile, our technical producer. Thank you to Dumelo Zulu and Benjamin Moshadama. And for myself, Ayanda Mkwanazi, stay tuned to Channel Africa. Africa Midday is coming up next.